Turn with me in your Bibles. Let's go to our foundational passages this morning. Uh, we're using a dual text for this particular series. We're teaching from the subject of kingdom mindset. Kingdom mindset. This is lesson number four, Matthew chapter six, also Colossians chapter number three. Matthew chapter six and Colossians chapter number three. The objective of this series is to teach us how to transition from a kingdom mindset for the purpose of manifesting God's kingdom in the earth. Transition, so that means we're coming from some, some other place. We're coming from this place of having our minds shaped by the world, having our thoughts shaped by the world, formed by the world. So coming away from that, to where we are allowing the Word of God and allowing the kingdom of God to shape the way we think, to shape our thinking, thus ultimately bringing change into our lives. And so this objective in and of itself suggests that a kingdom mindset is what is required uh, if the king is going to have expression through you and I. Now, these expressions should manifest themselves through our conduct. They should manifest themselves through our character as well as our conversation. So let's look at verse number 33 of Matthew chapter 6, very familiar passage of Scripture. It says, but seek ye what? First. First speaks to priority. It speaks to principle being chief speaks to priority. He says, but seek ye first, what? The kingdom of God. Not that other things are not to be sought after, but he places priority that the kingdom of God is first. God's way is first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The amplified of that, I just want to lift a portion of that scripture from the Amplified Version, and it says, aim at and strive after. Aim at and strive after the kingdom of God and his way of doing and being right. God's way of doing and God's way of being right. God's way is not necessarily the, world, the world's way. What God says right is is not necessarily what the world says right is. But he says we're to seek the kingdom and his way of doing things and his way of being right. Let's look at verse number one of Colossians uh, chapter number three. Colossians chapter three, verse one says, if ye then be risen with Christ. These are two scriptures that are a great comparison, he says, and great companion. He says, if ye then be risen with Christ, what? Seek, seek. Now, now let's, let's, let's wrap our minds around this word seek and what it means here, it means two things I want to give you. Number one, it means be about, be about, be about, but it also means desire. So he's saying to you and I that if we have been risen with Christ, then we should be about those things which are above, that we should desire those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection, set, entrance oneself in. Entrance oneself in, affection. This word affection is also translated mind. So he's telling us to set our mind 
on things above and not on the things of the earth or on the earth. Now, verse number two in the Message Bible, if you look at that, but I'm really after the very last sentence of verse number two. Let's read it together. Ready? Read. See things from his perspective. Now, that's what the kingdom mindset is all about. It's about seeing things from God's perspective, seeing life from God's perspective. Whatever it is you're involved in, learning how to see it from God's perspective. My life, seeing it from God's perspective. Uh, my family, seeing my family from God's perspective. Seeing my finances from God's perspective. Seeing every area and every detail of my life from God's perspective. Seeing your relationship and your marriage relationship from God's perspective. Seeing your children and raising your children from God's perspective. Now that's what setting our mind on things above and not just worldly things, things are on, on the earth are all about. So now seeing things from his perspective is seeing things from a kingdom perspective, again, and not just the world's perspective. The world has a perspective. The word of God or the kingdom of God has a perspective and he's encouraging you and I as kingdom citizens, as people of God, to see things from God's perspective. Well, in order to do that, one must be born again, not only born again, but also renewed in the spirit of his or her mind. It's not enough just to be born again and to be saved, but to have my mind changed and to have my mind renewed. Being born again changes my spirit man and my spiritual position. But renewing my mind, it changes my life and it changes my disposition in life. Amen? So now, now follow this because I asked the Lord something, and that is how can I really lay out a clear example, comparison of what it's like living in the kingdom of God, being in the kingdom of God, so that and and living in this world but not being of the world in it but not of it and how can we paint a picture so that we can clearly clearly see that and the spirit of god gave me something now before we get that now just as we are born into the world we are born into this world anybody here this morning you wasn't born in, into this world is there anybody here okay i think everybody was born into this world, right? Now, watch this. Now, just as we were born into this world, and for the most part, our minds took on the shape of the culture around us with its beliefs, its practices, its behaviors, philosophies, traditions, or in general, it's norms and ways of living. We're born into this world, and for the most part, we take on the shape of the community or the culture that we were born in and we were raised in, right? For the most part. Now, so the Spirit of God gave me this, because we're talking about having this kingdom mindset, living in the kingdom of God, while you are in the world. You are in the world, but not of the world, right? You are from another world. 
Yeah, you are from another world. You're born again. The Bible says you're from above. You're not from below. All right? Now, <clears throat> so, now, the house, this, this concept of what I'm trying to get you to see this morning is not new. It is probably new from a kingdom perspective, but the concept in and of itself is not new. You grew up with this concept. Now watch this. You have a house. You grew up in a house, and in that house you had uh, uh, a guardian, whether it was parent, whether it was single parent, whether it was an auntie, a grandmother, someone raised you in a house. Amen. All things being equal, right? Now, that house that you were raised in, that you were, you were born in, that house taught you, the authorities in that house taught you a certain mindset. A certain way of thinking, certain behaviors, certain practices, right? Certain traditions. Watch this. It, doesn't, it did not matter to whoever raised you what was going on outside the house. What was going on down the street, what they did at the school, what they did at the park. None of that mattered. In this house, this is what we do. Right? That, that's what they did. They, and you say, well, you know, you come up with something. They taught you what was right. They taught you what was wrong. They taught you what they thought to be acceptable. They, they put in you certain morals, certain values, certain things that they put in you. And it didn't even matter what everybody else was doing outside that house. Now, when you leave that house and you go into the world, if you bring a different kind of language, a different kind of mindset or belief or philosophy that we didn't teach in this house, they start questioning you about who you've been running with. They ask you where, where you, where you get that from? We don't teach that in this house. Right? That, that's, how, that's how mom was. Matter of fact, matter of fact, if you let mom know, well, well I got that from, from, from Miss So-and-so uh, when I stayed all night at her house. You don't go over there no more. <laughs> Come on now, right? Yeah, you don't, you, you don't go over there no more. Matter of fact, I don't want to catch them over here in this yard anymore. <laughs> Why? Because they are causing now a compromise where the values and beliefs are that we have in this house. Why? Because they're trying to shape your mind a certain way. It's called a mindset. And it's nothing like trying to get people to change the way they think. You can change where a man lives, but that don't mean you've changed his mind. Right? You, you can change how much money somebody has. That doesn't mean you've changed their mind. That's why they can have a lot of money and years later all the money be gone because you change their monies, but you never change their minds. That's how the kingdom of God is. That we are in the kingdom of God. How do we get that? We got born again. And when we're born again, we come into 
the kingdom of God. Now, even though we are in this world, we're not to behave like the world. We are to behave like the kingdom. We are now in God's house, God's family. God is the father of the house, and he tells everybody how to think. He tells everybody how to behave. He tells everybody how to govern themselves in this house. Even when you go into the world, he don't want you compromising. He wants you to hold up the standards that he's placed on the inside of us. Can you get that? Now, I'm going to refer to that throughout today's teaching so we can really root some things that I believe the Spirit of God wants us to have in our time together, with our time together today. Now, so let's go to John chapter number 8. John chapter number 8. I remember clearly well my big mama telling me certain things and, and saying this is what we do and, and we don't... We don't do that, and we don't do like them, and so on and so forth. I remember very, very clearly. And, you know, you always find yourself kind of sneaking around and trying to get with somebody you were told not to be with, right? Anybody, anybody on this side know about that? I already know people over here on this side don't know anything about that, but, but people over here, you know something about that, sure. Sure we do, sure we do. And, and you know what? And you can, you can tell, you can tell by the language you can tell by the behaviors, you can tell by the patterns when you've been hanging with somebody that you were told not to be hanging with. That was the whole idea about God telling Solomon not to marry into certain groups. He said, don't you marry into that group there because you marry into that group, they're going to turn your heart against me. Why? Because I know what they believe. And see, that's why your mother and your father and your grandmother told you not to run with certain people because she knew how they thought and, and how they believed. And she also knew that they could have an impact on what they put on the inside of you. Amen. It, you know, those, those days, you said, well, Pastor, those, those days are, are long gone. But now there's a principle in there that I think we still need to be influential in the life of our children and not just letting folks in and out your house that you have no idea who they are and just settling for, well, that's one of my friends, mama. Well, they, they'd ask this question when I was, who, 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 who they people? <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> who, who, who they people? You, you talking about, Larry, Larry Walken? Oh, no, baby, you tell him he can't come over here. <laughs> come on, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? The Bible, see, even the scripture tells us, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 33, it tells us we have to be careful because bad company, see, that's one translation, corrupts good manners. And you will spend, put another translation up, you will spend all your, all your years teaching your children good manners, and they get with the wrong company, and it corrupts the manners, the values. Look what the uh, Amplified says, don't be deceived and misled. Evil companionship, communion and association corrupts and depraves good, manner, good manners and morals and character. That they will root out what's been put on the inside of them if they start running with the wrong crowd. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. Let's look at John chapter number eight. John chapter number eight. Jesus made it clear that he was not from here. He was not from here. 
Now, when I talk about him not being from here, because now we all know and the scripture confirms that Jesus was born in this world. Wasn't he not? Was he so? Wasn't that so? Yeah. He, Mary, Mary carried him and Mary gave birth to him. And he was born as a, as a child. He was born in Bethlehem. He was laid in a manger, right? There was no room for him at the end. So they put him in a, in a stable, and that's where he was. So now we know he was born in this world. But now watch how Jesus sees things. Now watch this in verse number 23 of John chapter 8. And he said unto them, ye are from beneath. Another translation says below or you're from the earth. Now watch this. He says, you are from beneath. I am from, come on, above. above. Now, what does this, this phrase, from above, mean? Born what? Again. Remember the word again means from above. So Jesus says, I'm born from above. Now, which birth do you think he's talking about? Do you think he's talking about his natural birth? No, he's not talking about his natural birth. He's talking about his spiritual birth. He says, I am from above. And watch this, because he is from above, and this is what God's trying to get you and I to do, Jesus doesn't live from earth to heaven. He lives from heaven to earth. And that's what God's trying to get you and I to do, not live from earth to heaven, but live from heaven to earth. Because if you're born again, you too, like Jesus, you're from above. Now, you are in the world. No doubt. You are in the world, but you're not of the world. You're from above. Tell the person next to you, say, say I'm from above. See, you're not from here. Amen. Now, now watch what he goes on to say. He says, I am from above. You are of this world. Ye are of the world. But what did Jesus say? I'm not of this world. Jesus said, I'm not of this world. I don't, I don't live my life by the dictates of the world. That decisions for my life are not made in Washington. or Austin, or anywhere else. Decisions for my life are made in the kingdom of God. That's what he's saying. Now, now watch what he goes on. Let's look at the Amplified version of this. Look what the Amplified said. He said to them, you are from below. I am from above. You are of the world of this earthly order. That because you are from the world and that's how you see yourself, you will order your life, you will conduct your life and your life affairs based on the order of the earth, based on the order of the world. But he says, I don't govern my life, I don't, I don't, I don't live my life by the world and by the standards of the world, I live my life by the standards of the kingdom of God. Now, that's how you and I, we're supposed to be living our lives, people of God. Now, watch what he goes on to say. He says, <clears throat> this is so good, watch this. He says, uh, you are of this world, of this earthly order, but I am not of the world. Look at the message Bible. I love how the message, this just brings it right to your front door. You're going to have to deal with this. Look what he says in verse number 23. Jesus said, you're tied down to the mundane. That your main focus is on stuff that don't matter. 
and things that won't last. You're tied down to the mundane. This world has a hold on you. You're tied down to the mundane. Look what he goes on to say. He says, I'm in touch with what is beyond your horizons. You live in terms of what you see in touch. I'm living on other terms. Ooh, that's tough right there. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm living on other terms. See, again, people of God, we're not supposed to be marching to the drumbeat of the world. We got, remember now, remember you are in your parents' house. And whatever goes on in that world, it goes on in that world, but you didn't bring that into your parents' house. Matter of fact, they would tell you, now look, don't you bring that in here. Why? Because they're trying to safeguard this sanctuary, as it were, that they have reared you in and not wanting you to be affected by what's going on out there. That in other words, so basically what our parents was telling us is this, listen, because you my child and you come out of here, you're going to live on other terms. Well, mama, everybody, look, boy, I don't care what everybody's doing. Everybody going to jump off the bridge? You going to jump too? Come on, you don't even remember saying that. Come on. In other words, in, in their limited ability to articulate and communicate, they were just basically letting us know that you live on other terms. We don't live by what everybody else do. Amen? Now watch this. So he goes on to say, he said, I told you that you were missing God in all this. That if you live only by the world standard, you're going to miss God every time. If you, if you live by the world's order in marriage, you're going to miss God every time. If you live it teaching your children, you're going to miss God every time. If you try to live it by your resources, you're going to miss God every time. We, can't li we, we live on other terms and not by the world's terms. All right? Now let's go to John 30, John, John 3, John 3, John 3 and verse 31. John 3 and verse number 31. That I'm trying to get you to see as believers and as kingdom citizens, as the people of God, you are in the world. Say it again, I am in the world, I'm in the world. but I'm not of the world. Say it again, I am in the world, the world. but not of the world. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. You, you don't have to answer, but I just, I just want to ask a question. At least I want you to think about it. What is, in, in the world, what is the legal age for buying alcohol? Hmm? You ain't gonna act like, you gonna act like you don't know, huh? <laughs> I'm going to go over here. I know you don't know, but I want you to at least tell me what you heard. According to the world's order, the world's standard, what is the legal age for buying alcohol? 21. 21. Let me ask you another question. What is the legal age in the kingdom of God for buying alcohol? 
You see the difference in the standards? See the difference in the standard? Let me ask you another question. According to the world standard, is it okay to live with someone that you're not married to? Is, is it illegal? Can you get arrested for it? And if you stay long enough, you automatically marry. If you stay long enough. It's called common law. It's not kingdom law, it's common law. Come on now, I'm trying to get you to see the difference. That's all. Come on, don't, don't get condemned. Just keep looking straight now. If that's you, don't be, don't put, keep your, say amen, pastor. Amen. Amen. Come on, this is just to get you to thinking now. So, in the kingdom, what's, what's common law in the kingdom? What's, what's common law marriage in the kingdom? Well, let me ask you a question and just keep looking straight. Which, which law do you live by? Don't answer, just, just think about it. Just think about it. Which law do I live by? Because see, just because something is acceptable in the world, that does not mean that same thing is acceptable in the kingdom of God. That's all I'm trying to get you to see. And see, we're always having to make a decision as to what law we're going to live by in this situation. Amen? Amen. Now, let's look at verse number 31. Now, this is, this is John the Baptist talking, who's known as, he's John the Baptizer. That's why he's called the Baptist. He's the Baptizer. Um, and, and actually, in verse 30, verse 30 is a familiar verse that we all know, verse 30, what does it say? He must increase, but I must decrease. That's a popular verse that John made concerning Jesus. But let's look at verse number 31. Verse number 31, this is the same John talking. Look what he says. This is when he saw Jesus coming. Look what he says in verse number 31. He that cometh from above is what? Above all. He that cometh, now even John knew when he saw Jesus, okay, here comes Jesus, but he, I, I realize he's not from here. He's not from below. He's from above. Now watch this. And because he's from above, he is what? He is above all. He that is from above is above all. Now so it is for you and I, we are from above. And because we are from above, we are above all. Now watch this. That does not mean that things will not happen in our lives. So in other words, Jesus was saying, I'm not tied down to this world by anything. And the reason I'm not is because I'm above everything in this world. I am, I am, I am from above, and I didn't come from above to get below. I am from above, and because I'm from above, I'm above everything. See, that's why the world couldn't hurt Jesus, because he was above the world. Now, sickness and disease, that don't mean it won't show up in your life, but because you know who you are, you can go above sickness, and you don't have to settle there. You may be in poverty, but, but, but from the kingdom's perspective, seeing things from God's perspective, you're above poverty. 
Come on, say, I'm above that. See, 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 you above, you above living in frustration. You above that. Now, you may be there, but there is a way we can rise above it. You're above that. You're above that. Because, why are you above it? Because I'm from above. And because I'm from above, I don't have to live in depression. Depression may come, I don't have to live here. There's a way I can rise above it. Discouragement, I can rise above it. Hopelessness, I can rise above it. Anything the devil throws my way, you and I, we have the wherewithal and the capacity to rise above it because we are from above. That we don't have to be subject to this world and its order. We're above that. Amen? Now watch this. Watch this, people of God. Let's go back to the house you were reared in. Your parents, you probably heard some language along those lines. Your parents would tell you, you better than that. You above that. Just because everybody else running around doing such and such, you don't do that. You, I raise you better than that. That's what they was telling you. You above that. You come out this house and you live like you come out this house. What are they telling you? You above that. What they doing in school, what they doing at the workplace, what they're doing, this, that, and the other. He's letting us know that you are above that. Say anything the devil has planned. Anything he has plotted. Whatever he's purposed. I'm above it. And my children too. And you need to start telling your children. I don't care what's going on. I don't care what they're doing at school. I don't care uh, who, who going with who. None of that matters. I don't care who's sleeping with who. You are what? Above that. You above that. This world said two women can get married, and it's a family. Well, that's not the order we go by. Right? Two men can get married. Well, that's not the order we go by. I'm saying there's another order, and we're above that. Your children are above that. And when you see the enemy trying to mess with the identity of your son or the identity of your daughter, you need to step in and remind the devil, my child is above that. Amen. Y'all all right? Yeah. Watch this. He says he's above that as earth as such and such. So now, let's look at that in the Amplified. I want to get to the Amplified of that version. Look what he says in verse number 31. He who comes from above, talking about heaven, is far above all others. He who comes from the earth belongs to the earth. Watch this. And talks the language of the earth. See, as kingdom citizens, we talk the language of heaven. As kingdom citizens, we call the thing that be not as though it were because where we come from, it is. But see, when you're just limited, when you're restricted to the earth, then you talk the language of the earth. You just say what everybody else say. You, you, you just pick up quotes and sayings. You just, you just say what, what's popular. You, you don't want to speak a different language that'll cause people to look at you weird and look at you strange. What you say? And, and, then, and then dare to repeat it. It's amazing how people can come around you and talk their language. And then you shut down and won't talk your language. Come on now. 
people to stand around you and talk the language, they'll talk that language of, of doubt and talk that language of, of unbelief and, and talk that foul language right in your presence. Well, I ain't want to say nothing. Speak your language. Because they're bold enough to speak theirs, you ought to be just as bold to speak yours. He says, and talks the language of the earth. Watch this. His words are from an earthly standpoint. See, that's the standpoint he talks from, from an earthly standpoint. He says here, but he who comes from heaven is far above all others, far superior to all others in preeminence and in excellence. Now, so the priority of the natural man is only temporal things and what they can what the world can provide, whereas the priority of the spiritual man is primarily spiritual thing and what the kingdom can provide. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter number, chapter number 2. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we see a contrast between a spiritual man and a natural man, a spiritual man and a natural man. Now, to be a spiritual man does not mean that one just goes around quoting scripture all day. Right? That's not, that's not what, that, what that is because, you know, some people can go too far to the left. And God wants us to be, wants us to be balanced. You know, you're, if you're a car salesman, you're not going to sell no car quoting scriptures. Now, you may get somebody saved at the end of it, but you ain't going to sell no car. Them folk come now to buy a car, and, and you, you got all these scriptures, and let me tell you what the Lord said. <laughs> you ain't going to sell no, you're not, you're not going to sell no cars. You don't get somebody saved, they're going to leave that saved, excited, then your boss going to say, what happened? I saw them people running out of here, shouting and jumping. I, I told them about Jesus, I got, I got them saved. And then they're going to call you in at the end of the month and say, listen, now we, we notice you've not been moving any cars. Now you're getting a lot of folks saved and all of that, but, but we, we hired a salesman, not an evangelist. And, and we exist to move these cars. <laughs> right? So when I talk about being spiritual, it doesn't mean that, that we lose sight and focus on where we are. We function in this world, but we have another source. The world's not our source. The kingdom of God is our source. Remember, we seek first the kingdom of God, and these things are going to be added to us, right? So when he talk about a spiritual man and a natural man, a spiritual man knows the source of the word of God. Now look what he says in verse number 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. A natural man... He cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God. Now watch this. Let's go back to your house. There were some things that you learned in your parents' home, the home you grew up in. There were some things you learned that you saw other people do when you got outside the house and you said, that's foolish. And watch this. You only said, now, to them, that's not foolish. Because to them, that's what they learned in the house they grew up in. But it's foolish to you based on how you were raised. 
and how you were trained. Well, a natural man who's not in the kingdom of God, when he sees you and I operate in a certain way, he calls that foolish. And he can't understand it because the things of the Spirit of God, they are spiritually discerned. And he'll never be able to understand them until he's born again and has his mind renewed. Oh, this is good right here, Lord. Watch this. Now, you're in the church today. You're born again today. But no doubt there are some of you in this room, that was a time you were not going to the house of God. That was a time you wasn't saved. That was a time you wasn't thinking about the things of God. You were doing your own thing out there in the world. And if anybody said anything about God, about church, about the things of God, you said it was foolish. And isn't it amazing how things have turned the stuff you used to call foolish in the kingdom of God, you doing it now. And there are people that know you that know there's a God because they see you in the house of God. If they didn't believe there was a God before then, boy, when they saw you in the house of God, they said, oh, I know there's a God. The very thing that you used to mock, the very thing that you would make fun of, the very thing you said was foolishness, it, it, it didn't make any sense, you're doing the same thing. Take, for example, people giving to the things of God. And you giving your, your tithes and your offering. Well, to the natural man, that seems foolish. Man, you down there giving your money, such, such, such. So, you know, all the things that goes with that. But, but look, at, look at all the things they give their monies to. And they don't think that's foolish. You just set up and pulled a, a, a lever all night and don't have any money, don't have anything to show, and walk away, but that ain't food. You're going back next week. <laughs> Come on, you're going, you going back next week. Now, you don't, you don't think that's foolish. Amen. And all the stuff you spent when you were in the world, all, all the drinks, all the parties, all the women, all the sex, all the stuff that you spent money on in the world before you came to God. You didn't think that was foolish? And you mocked those who gave to God. Now here you are giving to God. Well, what happened? Well, you got into the kingdom, first of all, and not only did you just get into the kingdom, you got your mind renewed. And now that your mind is renewed, you see from God's perspective. Amen. Because when you were partying and you partied all night, what's wrong with that? Nothing. If, if that's what you do, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's what we do. We have a good time. If you're not coming, you're missing out. See, that's, that's, that was the thinking. But now, you see that same thing that somebody else is doing as being foolish. Only because it's the renewing of the mind. So let me, let me, let me help you. Because people who may be doing it, it doesn't mean they're bad people. They're just people who don't have the right perspective. It's a mindset. And, and all it takes is a reshaping of, of the mind. Let's, let's look at Romans 12 and 2, and then I got to stop. Romans 12 and verse number 2, and I'll stop there. Romans 12 and verse 2, we're, we're in here. You, you get anything? 
Amen. Romans 12. You gotta be kidding. Romans 12 and verse number two. Romans 12 and two, now watch this. He says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye what? Now, the word conform, it means, it, it carries the idea of shape. Be not conformed to the world. Con means with. It, it also means, um, it, it means coincide. It means to match. So form is a, is a shape. When they, when they get ready to pour concrete, before they pour the concrete, they set a what? Form. Why they set the form? Because they want a certain shape, right? So he says, don't agree with the world's shape regarding your mind. Don't, don't let the world set the form for the way you think. Because if the world sets the form for you, they can also determine the shape of you. Okay? So, so he said, so don't be conformed to the world, but ye be what? Transformed. Now, same idea of the word form, transform, shape. Watch this. Trans to go from one to another. Transportation from one to another. Transmit from one to another. Translate coming from one to another. So he says, come from a worldly shape to a kingdom shape. You be transformed. Go to another shape. Because you've been in the world, we've been in the world, and now that we're in the house of God, we got to have our minds reshaped. It's time to go to another shape. Tell your person, your person next to you, it's time to go to another shape in your mind. All right? Be transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind that you may know what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now get this, people of God. I'm ending with this. Now we're back in the house you grew up in. Watch this. Your parents set for you what they believe to be good, acceptable, and perfect for you. Right? So they change your thinking so you would know what's good, acceptable, and perfect for you. Because if you're not careful, when you get out this house, there are people out there that will try to determine for you what's good, what is acceptable, and what's perfect. And you may pick up something out there that's acceptable out there, but not acceptable in here. That's why I got to reshape your thinking so you don't fall into what the world says is good. Because everything the world calls good is not good. And everything they say is acceptable is, well, we found that out early. It is not acceptable with God. And what they call perfect is most definitely not perfect in the kingdom of God. So he says, so you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Last thought, this word transform in the Greek, it carries the idea, it means metamorphosis, metamorphosis. And the example that it uses is that of a butterfly. 
how he goes from a caterpillar to a butterfly. How many know once the, but, the, 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 the butterfly comes from the caterpillar and goes to the butterfly, he can never go back to being a caterpillar. Which means now, 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 oh, I'm about to show you something. Watch this. The caterpillar used to be a caterpillar. He's now a butterfly. Watch this. The caterpillar pillar is in this world. The butterfly is in this world. Same world, but now because of the transformation. See, you used to be able to walk up on the caterpillar and just grab him. Now because he's had a metamorphosis, he see you coming. Are you, come on, are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? That, 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 watch this. In the same world, the caterpillar could only, could only go to certain heights and could only move at a certain pace. But now that he's been transformed, he can get to greater heights and get there at a faster pace. I'm trying to tell you this morning that when your mind has been renewed, you are no longer a caterpillar where everybody just grabbing and putting their hands on you. You are able to soar to a whole nother height. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of being a caterpillar. And I ain't going to let folk treat me like I'm a caterpillar. I am a butterfly, and I can go to new heights, praise God. And you know what? People don't sit around and talk about how beautiful caterpillars are. But they talk about how beautiful butterflies are. And God wants to give you beauty for your ashes. <laughs> he beautifies the meek with salvation. And God wants to set you up so where you are don't look like where you come from. You came from poverty, but you don't look like it. You came from a bad marriage, but you don't look like it. You came out of abuse and rape and molestation, but you don't look like it. Why? Because your mind has been renewed by the word of God. I remember my, I remember I had some aunties. I had some aunties and I can, I can call that, it was three of them. They looked me in my face and they even told my mama, Junior will never be anything. Wow. Now, you know why they said it? They saw me in my caterpillar stage. <laughs> oh, but you ought to hear them same ones right now today. They said, oh, look at my nephew. Oh, look at what he doing. They see me in my butterfly stage. Why? Because my mind has been renewed. Hallelujah. So if you want to go to another place, 
another level, another dimension. You got to stop acting like a caterpillar and let the word change your mind. So you too can be a beautiful butterfly. Are you listening to me? It's for everybody sitting in here listening to my voice. It doesn't matter where you are, where you've been, what you've done, how long you've been doing it. People may count you out, but God doesn't count you out. There's still butterfly living that's available for you too. And the thing of it is, I'll never go back to what I was. Because a butterfly can never be a caterpillar again. And that's why God uses that analogy. Once your mind is renewed, your life changes. And you don't have to ever fear going back. That the butterfly lay down at night, he never have to wonder, oh, I just hope I don't be a caterpillar in the morning. It'll never happen. Go and enjoy your butterflying. Go, go and enjoy. Go and enjoy the blessings of God. Go and enjoy what God has for you. Go and enjoy the blessings God has given. You ain't going back because it's transformation. Hallelujah. Come on, you get that today, man? Give the Lord a hand. I got to stop. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No more caterpillar here. Glory to God. Well, have your seats in the presence of God. Father, we thank you for transformation. Thank you, Father, that we'll never be the same again.